2: Out in the cold, out in the dark Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch out in the night where nobody
3: can see welcome to the show you're listening to yowie central on 94.9 main fm and you're with sarah bignall this is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on yowie research in australia and we explore the fascinating realm of bigfoot Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of mysterious, weird phenomena, paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, you name it. This week, I'm going to play you an interview I did a few weeks ago on an awesome American show called Paranormal Portal. Huge thanks to Brent Thomas and Don Longbeard for being such lovely hosts. Their show was a two hour show, so I've edited that down into an hour long show. Here's Paranormal Portal.
1: Hope you guys are doing great. Welcome to the show. This is the paranormal portal i'm your host brent thomas thank you all for being here and being among us uh as we're doing these shows uh we appreciate all you guys spreading the word and keeping the message building about uh the magic that is the paranormal (laughs) portal and uh before i go any further let me introduce my good friend and co-host my 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 co-pilot my navigator mr don Longbeard. how you doing brother among us You are among us. You are among us. How's everything going? Good? Oh,
4: it's good. Yeah. Today's been a great day. It started out. I forgot this. I forgot that. Then when I got to work, I set off the alarm. That was great. Um, So I'm batting a thousand today.
1: Let's see if we can break something in the studio, Dan.
4: Yeah, that's not a problem for me. I do it all the time.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, but you've gotten better. Mm. I, I noticed that. But, but it got better. We got better. Um, that, that was not an Australian accent, just for the record. <laughs> no, it but, wasn't. It was my bad English. Because <laughs> I know if, if Dean's out there listening, he'll
4: be, oh, that's me. a terrible accent. Oh, God. <laughs> How can he <you> do this?
1: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special show lined up for us tonight. It's going to be absolutely uh, amazing. This is... Uh, uh, her first appearance on the Paranormal Portal, but she was gracious enough to have me on her show, and she is, of course, the host of Yowie Central. And I'm speaking, of course, of our guest tonight. Miss Sarah Bignell is joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring her on. How you doing, Sarah? Hey,
3: it's good to be here.
1: Oh, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the journey. Um, I'm really excited about uh, talking about. The Australian Yowie with you. This is a pretty, pretty awesome subject, and I know our listeners, our listeners are primarily Bigfoot and uh, cryptid listeners, and they're well versed in the in the Yowie. But uh, it's just really exciting to have you here finally.
3: Yay! I'm excited too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, how's
3: things? And isn't it amazing technology that you're over on the other side of the planet, and I it's like you're sitting here in my lounge room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, am glad that that we can do this. Um, I, I'm really excited about your show. I've listened to several episodes. You do a phenomenal job. But I got to ask you. Um, how did you get into the Yowie? I mean, what was uh was there a catalyzing event or was there was it just always a curiosity or how did this all begin? Uh <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I was
3: always one of those kids who read books and all the books that I read were a fantasy books so uh-huh. started with Enid Blyton with the magic faraway tree and you know went on to the Narnia series by C.S. Lewis and uh, The Dark is Rising, Susan Cooper and then graduating on to Stephen King and Dean Kunst and 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 then all the Harry Potter books oh, and wow. it, the whole idea for me of magic yes. uh, that the, you kind of You don't find that out in the world quite as much as you get older, and I've always really, really loved the idea of that there's more out in the world than we can see that's supposed to be real. Um, So trolls, elves, fairies, whatever, I was always into it. And, of course, Bigfoot. Uh, I remember seeing that the the Patterson-Gimlin footage as a kid, Mm -hmm. um, just absolutely fascinated by it. So... I was an armchair researcher for many years, uh, a lurker on lots of different sites. Wes uh, Germa of Sasquatch Chronicles was a, was a, I'm a huge fan of his. Never heard of her. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, one of my one of my interviewer heroes, one of my podcast goals. Um, mm-hmm. So with the radio show, I uh, a friend of mine who, do, who who does a show on the local radio show, the local radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a volunteer community radio station. And she needed a co-host suddenly to uh, to help her out one afternoon and said, just come on and talk about something. And I don't care what it is. <laughs> just I <laughs> need you to help fill in for, for the co-host who is sick." So I said, well, can I talk about Because I, I don't know if I know about much else, but I've certainly <laughs> been spending a lot of my free time re- armchair researching. Uh-huh. And um after that show she was she said you should do a show on this this is really interesting and and I yeah I guess I, I thought well I'll give it a crack yeah. uh, <laughs> and and it's turned into this fantastic well 2 years now I've been doing it, and I think I'm up to episode 70 I wonder if it's 72 or something like that mm-hmm. uh weekly one hour show um it's just and, and starting at the beginning, didn't have anybody to come on my show. I, I <laughs> no one at all. Thank God for Dean Harrison because Aww. he. I must have caught him on a good day because he doesn't usually <laughs> like doing interviews. Um, and yeah. and uh, <laughs> as you know, and I got <laughs> I got him on a good day, and he said yes. So oh, cool. that gave me this huge boost to mm. to, to keep going and to keep um, to keep uh, reaching out to different people who were researching the subject and
1: yeah, it's turned into a really fun, fun show. It really is. And you do a wonderful job first and foremost. Um, I, I I had a blast when, when I came on and and of course, listening to you, you're very compassionate. You're very patient. You're very, uh, you're very comforting to these people. And it's clear that these people have experienced something that has turned their lives upside down when you're interviewing people. Um, and and how you know you can just hear the the struggle and how, how do I get back to normal you know <laughs> so you that's,
3: do that's that's exactly right yeah that's exactly right and because I'm
1: a social worker I was
3: a social worker for many years and I've worked with bushfire victims uh, victims of violent crime um, homeless people naughty high risk young offenders and so I, I've I'm trained in trauma response and in how to work with people who are traumatized, and that was one of the things once I started doing witness interviews for Dean Harrison of Australian Yowie Research, mm-hmm. I realized that. Th- Everyone that I was talking to was so traumatized, was really suffering, P- classic signs of PTSD, mm-hmm. uh, people who vividly remember things, even if it happened 30 years ago, uh, that having trouble sleeping, uh, needing to go on medication, uh, desperately needing counseling, um, getting the shakes all the time, you know, yeah. really scary stuff. So yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to create with with Yowie Central as well was a um, as well as with Australian Yowie research was that warm, safe space where mm-hmm. people aren't you're not going to be ridiculed on my show. I'm not going to laugh at you. I might laugh with you, but I'm never going to laugh at you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's very powerful. Um, I, I've got to ask you if you don't mind. Um, are, do you ever get those claims and and uh, please understand this is just my my own curiosity but do you ever get those claims of of the yauis doing mystical things like um fading away or shimmering or you know there's many different cloaking people have described have you ever uh, received that on your show
3: yeah i i've definitely heard reports of beings that i mean there was there was one interview on australian Yaoi research where Three, three, three people in the one car see uh, a, a yaoi, a huge eight, nine-foot-tall yaoi, cross the road in front of their car um, and go behind a tree, and on the other side of that tree, each each one of those three people saw something different. So it seemed to turn into, for one, a massive goanna, which is our kind of Komodo dragon lizard, mm-hmm. uh, came out the other side of the tree. Oh. Another person. Another person saw uh, a man, just some random man wearing tracksuit pants, who sort of walked from behind that tree and walked off, but <laughs> didn't stop. They were calling out, going, "Hey, dude, what are you? Stop! Talk to us. What happened there?"
1: Yeah.
3: Ignored them, and the other person just said it disappeared into thin air. So, wow. three different people uh, saw the yaoi there, and then it's gone. You know, uh, and it's turned into something else. And each e- each person saw
1: something different. It's very strange. That is very strange. Wow, I've never heard yeah. a claim like that before.
3: Yeah, and I've I've certainly more and more in the last year or so, I've heard a lot more talk of. Um, of interdimensional travel now Mm -hmm. i can't pretend to know (laughs) that much about that i'm still learning quantum physics wormholes all that sort of stuff i'm finding it fascinating but there's I find that coming
1: up a lot now too. Do you, do you find that, you know, we, on the show, we don't talk to a ton of witnesses, but we've got those reports, uh, you know, callers calling in and saying, you know, I, I saw this, I know this is what I saw, but uh, you know, uh, out by my house, there's like this field and then there's woods past that. And I saw this thing from the waist down. He said the grass, or he saw it from a waist up. He said, right. but the grass wasn't that tall and there wasn't anything underneath it. Right. It was like, it was floating. <laughs> <laughs> It's like wow, it. I don't know, you know, and and I, I guess me, I'm, I have a uh, I have an open mind, but I I also have a logical center to my brain. It's like I need to, I need to, you know, categorize them and make these things make sense. Did you say and quantify? Quantify, <laughs> dare I say, <laughs> uh, quantify these things, <laughs> and I don't know how to. And that's the, and it's not that I'm I'm absolutely disbelieving it. It's it's just. It's just how, what what is going on there? You know, it, it it's kind of the the big, the big question mark on top of all of this stuff is, yeah. I, I I guess my my passion for it, and this isn't about me, but I'm just <laughs> going to throw this out there, is that I I just want to understand, and I don't know if I've gotten any closer or further away from that as these shows <laughs> progress. You know,
3: that's exactly right. I yeah. I've I've realized. Doing this research, and particularly after now talking with so many witnesses, mm-hmm. what I have less understanding really of what's going on. If you asked me what is a Yowie or what is a Bigfoot or what is a Sasquatch, my answer to you would be I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I can I can tell you what people describe. I can tell you what people are reporting to us, uh, but as to having any idea,
2: there are things you don't wash every day that pick up germs everywhere you go in many different ways. Kill 99.9% of germs your clothes bring home with Detol Spray and Wear.
3: What's really going on, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. And I'm, I'm really open to the idea of what we call paranormal traits to this whole subject, mm. but uh, I want to know how it works right. and I, I haven't, I haven't really found the answers to
1: that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a very kindred spirit, clearly, because I, I, I think we're kind of on the same wavelength. It's it's this this unending mystery, and the, but it is the magic, as you described. It is the magic, and that's what I think is really exciting about it. But now, have you have you personally had an experience with a yowie? Not personally, no. And
3: and I, for many years, I I, I really I really wanted to, and I. I part of me feels that as a researcher um, I I don't have as much credibility with witnesses because I haven't actually seen one myself. But what I I have realised over the last couple of years um, and and with my understanding of how trauma works, Mm -hmm. so many of the people that I I speak to are so traumatised, I'm thinking I'm actually happy to live vicariously (laughs) for now. I don't want to... The people I speak to are so frightened. They pee their pants. I mean, no. literally. Um, and Terrified for that. And they think they're going to die. So mm-hmm. as as much as I really would love to see one, um, I'm a little bit, well, I'm a lot hesitant about <laughs> actually, <laughs> especially if I'm by myself out in the bush, which I, I am a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I do a lot of bushwalking. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: nah. Yeah, no. (laughs) i'm with you i think i mean it's it it would be nice if i could if i could dictate the terms of it like i'd like to see one but way over there
3: (laughs) yeah 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 well look and i spoke to this i interviewed a witness uh last a couple of weeks ago she had quite a different she's a very spiritual intuitive person and she had quite a different take on these beings and She wasn't frightened, and she describes having this massive seven-foot creature come out of the woods, kind of going, coming out of the woods going, hi, like a little kid, like moving its arms Mm -hmm. as though I was excited to see her. And she (laughs) said she's one of the few people I've spoken to who talked about her encounter, her sighting being beautiful. She said it was the most beautiful Mm -hmm. being she'd ever seen, and there was no fear there was no – it was almost like she felt that the, the being knew her somehow. Oh. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> that if I get a chance to – if I do have the chance to see one of those things, it's one of those beautiful, benign, loving, warm, fuzzy <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: ones. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that that would be very powerful. It's just, you know, you hear from so many witnesses that, that fear – that, that seems to come even before the actual experience. It's like, I don't know, these people just have this almost sixth sense about there being something very dangerous around. And it, and it makes me wonder if these, and, and again, this is kind of far out there, but if they're able to project that somehow, maybe with pheromones, maybe with some other uh, natural um, mechanism, but can they project fear or project comfort right. or, you know, yeah. can do they have that ability? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I, I'd heard of the ability to emit
3: infrasound, which is that sure. extremely low-frequency sound that I, I've heard a lot of researchers talk about, mm-hmm. um, and that can, a bit like tigers can do, which is incapacitate their prey from a distance using infrasound mm-hmm. that paralyzes um, or makes you makes you feel so nauseous or paralysed that you can't move. Would, wouldn't it be great if they can they can emit the opposite so yeah. some kind of or, or some kind of infrasound but at a slightly different frequency that makes everyone relax and not be afraid
1: um that's a pretty that'd be cool, cool. would not it that's a pretty cool thought you know you might be onto yeah. something with that because what if it is a matter of what low frequency like there's a low frequency sound that can make you feel afraid there's one that can make you feel comfortable you know i mean that's that's really pretty brilliant i like that yeah so that would, that would be good that would be good though wouldn't it yeah I,
4: <laughs> I i have to say i have to say when you were talking about that i thought about the movie wizard of oz when they were tromping through the flowers and they fall asleep um, it was a poppy field, so yeah, I'd probably fall asleep. Yes, too. <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
1: whatever.
3: <laughs> hey, that'd be and beautiful. What a It was a poppy field. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's comfort through pharmacology. That's nice. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> What's this strange? I don't know you can get sleepy just walking through a field of poppies. <laughs> what are
1: these strange pills? Or... Some kind
3: of chemical process. But... <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> these strange pills all over the ground. I don't understand. <laughs> could happen. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean these these you know, these things are yeah. wild. Wow. You ahead. know,
4: it is it is amazing though how we talk about, you know, all these things that <clears throat> Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yowies, uh abominable snowman, you know, adorable snowman, whatever you want to call him. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing how we talk about how You know, how how natural and how in tune with nature they are Mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting. We do talk about the infrasound. I find that highly interesting myself because we have a friend who talks about she was uh, affected by infrasound. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said she was dizzy. She was Disoriented, she didn't know what was going on, and they literally threw her in the pickup and took off. Um, so that's interesting. But it would be interesting if they could hit that higher register, like like you guys were were you know you know hypothesizing about being able to project this calming influence. And, but, you know, that would be, in my opinion, that would be even worse than being scared to death because then you're just being sucked in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, come to me. It's okay. Arr, arr. You know, <laughs> Instead of, instead of like this low, oh my God, I've got to run, you know, I'd rather do the run. Um, but, you know, uh, lots of, and lots of things do that. Like a Venus flytrap, they will, they put out this sweet smell and it attracts, it attracts uh, uh, flies and, and flying insects. And then. And then it's gotcha, you know.
3: So I'd kind of mm. be afraid of that too.
1: Well, that that just yeah. that just screwed the magic of that whole experience. It
3: sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, but listen, it is. I, I, I and I don't know if it's it's possibly infrasound. I, I interviewed somebody who had an encounter in Western Australia the other day, and he's he was living out in the bush at the time, um, uh, just living. In a tent, pretty much. Or oh, no, actually, he didn't even. He wasn't even in a tent. He had a sort of a humpy that he'd set up, um, and he woke up in the middle of the night and he realised he was wide awake and paralysed, like couldn't move. Oh. Oh. He he sort of looks down, tries to looks down to make sure his dogs there. He can see his dogs lying by his side, also paralysed. And there was there was a, a couple of um, bush rats, little little rodents, uh, who were. There, but paralyzed too. Mid bite, wow. like <laughs> oh yes, wow. that. I mean that. I was thinking sometimes if you there's sleep a thing called sleep paralysis, so you might be sort of in a half that half dreaming, half awake and, well, yep. half awake state. But mm-hmm. um, but if you, <laughs> but if, you wake, if you wake up and you're paralyzed, your dog is too, and the bush rats over there <laughs> are paralyzed as well, like frozen, like somebody had waved a magic wand and they were mid bite. Wow, crazy. That yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, mean, and that and it lasted for uh, it lasted for a couple of minutes. Wow. It was yeah,
1: very that's, frightening. That's very intense. And, and you got to wonder yeah. like was was this an, a, a Yahweh experience overall or was it just a weird experience for these people? Well, speech. he
3: had uh, – during in that time, he realised he could hear very heavy bipedal footsteps oh. coming closer and closer. So he didn't actually see right. – um, he didn't actually see the creature, but he heard, like, incredibly heavy and definitely two feet. Not a, not a kangaroo. There's nothing else that makes that sort of bipedal right. walking in Australia. Right. Uh, we don't have bears. We don't have, you know, um, we don't have apes, apparently <laughs> – <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a, there's a few instances of that. What what we think maybe is infrasound, but people feeling completely paralysed and unable to move. Um, I interviewed another woman who had an encounter at Mount hotham which is in the v, the Victorian High Country up in the mountains, uh-huh. and uh, she had the same thing of being. They'd seen one earlier, a couple of days earlier, and then walking back at night, they'd gone for a night hike in the snow, um, weren't using torches. And then suddenly this thing roared, bellowed at them from just off the track in the forest. And she realised that she couldn't move, wow. couldn't move anything, like, couldn't move ahead, couldn't move. And it took for her husband to kind of try to break himself out of it and shove her and go run. Um, oh, and it was no. only then that she was able to move. Um, so, so and same with Dean Harrison, he had the same same situation in what with one of his many sightings up in Ormo. Um, he had that same thing where suddenly he knows he's not alone. There's something growling and and grunting and roaring, but he can't move.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, that's scary. How, it that's is scary shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it really is. That's pretty hardcore stuff. Um, it, you know, and I, I guess it's. It's tough to understand because I, I don't know that the infrasound from like a tiger or an elephant or the other um, animals that uh, alligators, I guess, use it to to some degree. Um, I don't know that it has that same paraly- paralyzing effect, you know, or at least it, it and perhaps it's due to the intelligence of these Yowie's Sasquatch Bigfoot that they know how to utilize it and tune have, you know, tuned it to understand or to, to have better results. Perhaps I don't know. It's it's very peculiar, but it's it's very interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it really yeah. It's
3: very, very interesting. I, but again, it's it's sort of it's it's conjecture, isn't it? Really, that yes. we've got no way of proving that until we right. until we make contact with one of these beautiful beings and they share all their secrets. I, I'm not I'm not in that camp where we're going to go out and hunt one and stick yeah. it in a cage and run tests on it. I, I think that's such a horrible, destructive human way of looking at things. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm in total agreement yeah. with you, and um, I know we're nearing the first break Already, And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be playing one of uh, Sarah's interviews. Um, So if if my tech works right, which I think it will, it looks like, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of, I'm crossing everything right now, Um, but I'm hoping it works. And if not, uh, you know, you'll have to forgive me because you guys are getting the beta test. Uh, I haven't gotten it to work for TFR and YouTube. So I think tonight's the night. I think I've got this all ironed out, but it'll be a, a chance for you guys to, to listen to one of the uh, encounters and, and uh, the stuff, the magic that Sarah does on her show. So that'll be fantastic. But you know what I was thinking of, Sarah, as you were talking about uh, the infrasound and, and uh, you know, the, the impact of being frozen and not moving and such was also, uh, curiously, as a side note, the husband wasn't affected the same way as the wife huh? or the significant other.
3: Not as much like he, okay. he, he was, but he didn't seem to be as, as affected as she as wow. she was. OK. Um, and I did speak to him. I interviewed him separately. I spoke to him um, later and he didn't report feeling he was frightened, but he didn't report feeling that same paralysis.
1: Yeah. And, and many people talk about the, the power of their screams and how loud they <laughs> are. And I remember on uh, and, uh, you know, on West's show Sasquatch Chronicles, he interviewed the lady from England who.
4: Uh, <laughs> that was you know, crazy.
1: Yeah, but it, she oh, had, Claire! She, yeah, yeah, she had the male and female come yes. up, and they were doing the samurai chatter back yes. and forth. And then suddenly, the the big one just got angry and screamed because. And then the next thing she knows, she's woke up by her car all scratched up and stuff, and it, it's it it was enough to make her go unconscious. So that's a, that's a hell yes. of, a, of a of an impact for sound waves to have. So.
3: Oh, absolutely! That that that's one of the scariest. Encounters I've ever heard. I know that one really well. I've listened to it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Just when she she's about to take a photo of these this family group oh, of yeah. sasquatches that are on the beach, and then didn't she drop her camera yes. lens cap?
1: Yeah, and it clicked, and
3: yeah. the, and, then, and and it clicked, and made it landed on the rock and made a noise, and all of a sudden they all turn around to her oh. at the same time. No wonder. You're
1: like, ah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh. I, no wonder she passed out.
1: Welcome back, everybody! Uh, thanks for sticking it out over the break. I know the breaks can be uh, kind of tedious, but we're also broadcasting on TFR Live and the network over there, and so we got to time our our YouTube with the network breaks. So that's why you guys get videos here uh, to keep you company and to entertain you. And uh, hopefully, you feel wildly entertained because our guest tonight has been absolutely phenomenal. And of course, I'm talking about Sarah Bignell of Yowie Central and Australian Yowie Research. <laughs> is joining us today and and we just listened if you're just joining us you missed out on an incredible uh recorded interview that uh Sarah shared with us.
4: Definitely incredible.
1: Wow, that blew me blew me away. Uh first of all, I've never heard a report of them moving like that. That is really incredible.
3: I've I've actually heard a few um there's a, and and a couple of when women are driving alone in their cars at night. Um, which which is slightly slightly well not more, more than slightly it's a lot scary yeah. um, but the, the whole idea of I, I find it I found it really interesting the whole idea of it sh- her impression was not that it was trying to harm her mm-hmm. that it was more a, a like a teenager toying with her and playing with her
1: yeah
3: scary still the whole idea of roadside sightings perplexes me because they must see. A creature with 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 strength like that, with abilities like that, with the sense of smell, with the sight, how they could not not see the car coming <laughs> and get out of the way. Yeah, you know. So I I, I tend to think there's a lot more deliberate about right. a lot of the roadside sightings that we hear, and there are truckloads of them. Right. Like the, yeah. the vast majority are, are roadside sightings. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah, but but <laughs> but definitely frightening. Seeing something running on four legs and then rearing up onto two, and then looking <laughs> at you with n- no expression—that—I that, <laughs> don't know what would be worse actually. Because I—I I interviewed someone who recently who talked about seeing rage and fear and
1: mm-hmm.
3: and shock cross go across the, the the being's face. Right. So I don't, but I don't know what would be worse—like <laughs> complete expressionless <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah. Or some all are seeing the rage. I, I don't know. Both pretty bad, pretty scary. Right.
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty P. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
1: What were you gonna well, ask
4: Well, no, I was gonna say, you know, there's we've we've heard Several, you know, people talk about like juvenile Bigfoot's counting coup, you know, trying to get the street cred with their friends, you know. So that's what I was thinking after she was talking about how it jumped in front of her and like jumped out of the way. And and uh, how she, he made this, this this creature made such a, a an entrance knocking over trees and blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I thought it was interesting and then how it just kind of gave her a look like you know, whatever, and like zipped off again. So uh-huh. it sounds to me like a juvenile counting coup.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a great possibility. I, you know, and, and I agree, you're right. It's, I assume that their hearing is also impeccable, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I know when I've been up in the in the woods in a real desolate place, you can hear a car coming like a mile and a half yep. or more yep. long before it ever shows up. And it's like, you know, they're they they're, they're, they're got to be doing it on purpose. I've thought the same thing. It's like, you know, if they have, and obviously they work really hard to stay away from us normally. But then you get something like this. It's like, you know, it's looking at her with the deadpan face. Like, is that all you got? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Now I got to ask you. Um how often do you hear reports about the glowing eyes like that?
3: Oh, quite regularly uh, okay. if they're if they're nighttime sightings, then the glowing red eyes uh, appear quite regularly uh, and not always red, sometimes orange, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes green, sometimes a, a, a an iridescent blue white. Um, the vast majority though are, are red, red, orange. Uh, some people even talk about them potentially being self-illuminating, like being able to see, like it's not traditional eye shine that's reflecting another source of light. That uh, that they've there's somehow there's something that's self-illuminating about the eyes. I don't. Again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. I don't know right. how that works. Sure, um, that's pretty common. What about in the states? Do you guys get?
1: It comes up with the glowing eyes. Uh, I know of uh, one gentleman. Uh, I think his name is Kevin Keeney. He's a researcher uh, out of Arizona on the Mogollon Ridge. And, and he, he talks about how he sits there in, in absolute blackness, no lights, not even a campfire. And suddenly he'll see the red eyes appear. So it's not like he has a light source that should be reflecting back. And he talks about how they glow. And it's, and it's really incredible. I, you know, I... I it it doesn't come up a ton but it does come up and that's why i'm curious over there because you know i don't know that there's many differences at all between the yowie and the bigfoot or sasquatch of the of the americas i don't i don't know it seems like they're by and large the same being um, are you aware of any differences between the two well we generally the reports here
3: no, a short answer is they seem to be really similar. There's similar reports from from the US and and from Australia. Mm-hmm. We have uh, perhaps, from what I understand, what I've identified in the US is that there are you know four different main types minimum. There might be a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know a type A, B, C, and D. Whereas in Australia, we've more. We seem to have. Um, at this stage, like research is still in its infancy, but um, at this stage we have a, a, a taller species, the big fellas, as the, the Aboriginal people call them, is the big fellas and the little fellas. Oh. Uh, so two different species. According to some of the Aboriginal people I've, into, I've spoken to, they, they're different entities. They're, they're both ancient entities. Okay. Uh, but they're different. They're completely different species. Um one of them is more mischievous than the other. One of them is more dangerous than the other. Apparently, I've heard that the little ones are, are more dangerous than the bigger ones. The big <laughs> ones don't really want to hurt you. But, um, again, I, I, I don't know. So I guess in Australia the, the, the main difference would be that we've got the two species.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We we have – we do get – Australian Yowie research are getting more and more reports in now of – a dogman-like creature, something with a with a with a muzzle. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the older there's a lot of newspaper reports from um, early European settlement in Australia, um, th- the newspapers that existed at the time. But there are reports back in the, the 1800s of these beings, um, and so they're generally following the same the, the big hairy mm-hmm. uh, same description as Bigfoot. Or, or the smaller beings, but they did describe some of these beings back in those days as having a bit of a muzzle. Now I don't know whether that's like a baboon type muzzle, and whether they were just trying to interpret what they were seeing. Most of these people would never have seen a gorilla in real life at that stage. Sure. So, yeah, I'm not sure whether the dog man exists here. We we have had reports of something. Uh, with ears like Do- like a Doberman dog, um, with muzzle, wow. uh, yeah. But not it's it's not as
1: common. But we've certainly had a few reports of that. Uh, so, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, is there an Aboriginal precedent for that? Is there any legend uh, coming down through the Aboriginal lines that might describe that kind of a creature? As far as I'm aware, not. The okay. dog man, as such. There's okay.
3: Aboriginal legends relating to the, the, the big fellas and the little fellas. Sure. Uh, the Doolagal is one of the Aboriginal words for the big Fellas, the Doolagal and the Junjadi, the which is the, the little fellas. I'm sure. just one of the many sure. Aboriginal names for them. There are different names all over the country. Um, but I haven't heard, and I, I could be corrected, but I haven't heard Aboriginal... Legends of that sort of a creature, but I have heard Aboriginal stories. I had heard one just the other day of devil dogs dogs. up in the northern up in the up in the northern territory, and and I said, "Well, are you talking more about a a bipedal dog man kind of thing?" And he was like, "No, no, it's it's a full four legged uh, quadrupedal, but they call them the the devil devil dogs, Um, glowing red eyes." Okay. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it doesn't seem, and like this phenomena occurs all over the world mm. uh, on, on on every continent except Antarctica. You know. So yeah. um, they and there's so many similarities. Are we talking about just one species? Are we right. talking about interdimensional beings that could pop up anywhere, really, all over the world? In which case, it doesn't really matter.
1: Right.
3: Do you know what I mean? Like they, I do. Yeah. They could have evolved separately on, on different continents or they could have – or all the, they don't belong here and just pop up here every now and then. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, those, are the, I don't know. <laughs> those are the great mysteries and, and it's what I'm curious about too.
4: Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I have questions because I always have questions. But <clears throat> I like how you said, you know, they just pop up here. Um, How exactly do they pop up? You know, uh, we've talked to people about, you know, the idea of the quantum Bigfoot, you know, being able to pass. And I see the book behind you, by the way, um, how they how they pass, you know, how they can pass through portals or or whatever you want to call that, and pop up. We've all we've asked that question several times about like the different uh, sea creatures, uh, sea monsters, if you will, the Nessies, the, the Pepe's, the the Champs. You know, it, are they all the same one that pass through a portal uh, and then pop up in these different areas? Are they different, like mating, you know, uh, areas, or you know, do they go here to hunt or whatever? So and so with that thought, you know, how how would you know, if you've got no precedence before of seeing these creatures, what do you mean they just pop up? That's scary enough. And just say no to dogmen, anyhow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
4: Yeah,
3: look, I yeah, I don't have any answers. I'm, I'm I've just started learning about the whole concept of what. And other what other dimensions mean what right. interdimensional travel might mean how that's actually physically possible it's a, it's a new area of a study for me and i'm i'm really open to it mm-hmm. uh, but i yeah, yeah. Don't ask me, mate. <laughs> I've, no I've, I've got no idea how that stuff works. <laughs> Come on,
1: uh, If Someone
3: can explain it to me, please. Please write in to me yeah. and uh, and and
1: tell me how the hell that works. <laughs> what do you mean you can't explain it? Wait a minute. What was the presence here? <laughs>
3: Hang on i'll just have to look up my
1: book <laughs> I hear you no i i I think that those are those are all the questions we have all around now. um I have to ask you regarding that that interview as she described the Yowie, it's the long hair is is that description pretty typical for how people are describing? the Yahweh's or is that an atypical look? Because generally over here we hear about, you know, the face seems to have a really fine hair. Mm -hmm. It's not really, uh, it's not really bald. It just looks like it has this real fine uh, hair on it. And then it gets longer on the chin line, like a beard, you know, and all that. Um, But she had described that it looked more like a Chewbacca thing with the long hair all over the place. Is that pretty typical for Yowie sightings? Yeah, uh,
3: there's there's a variety of that. So some people... Some people uh, report the full Chewbacca <clears throat> face covered in hair. Uh, other people describe what you just described, and maybe there's a, there's a clear section around the, the eyes yeah. um, or even yeah. around the, 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 the face. Mm-hmm. What, what was really atypical in her story was that she describes this long, flowing red hair, like a red setter, dog, mm-hmm. If you, and if you can picture one of those, they've got this beautiful, long, red, silky hair that sort of flaps yeah. around in, in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they run, that was unusual. The length of the hair was unusual. But a few months ago, the, the, I, the woman I spoke to who who, was, who felt paralyzed up in the mountains a few months ago, the creature that she saw a couple of days before that experience that both her and her husband saw was blonde had long, flowing, blonde hair. We, we, we've sort of nicknamed, nicknamed him the Fabio Yowie. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if you know, do you, do yeah, you know yeah. that guy, sure. the yeah, Fabio. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. um, the, the, the guy who was used as cover for romance novels uh, <laughs> all over the world because he's got this, you know, he's big and muscular and big square jaw and he's got this beautiful, long, flowing, blonde mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. And so that was yeah what's what's unusual is the length of the hair okay um, not so much the face covering that we get the, the full spectrum of that
1: That's really cool I, yeah, I mean I, I guess it probably stands to reason because I think that they probably have some biodiversity among them, so it's like they're all not going to look the same, much like people they're, you know we come in all shapes and sizes and, and you know different variations in hair colors, so right. that's not unusual, but of course the red the red hair coloring is not unusual over here either. Um, As far as generally people seem to uh, see most often either a reddish orange color like an orangutan or black. Uh, That seems to be the most common colors that I that I have bumped into when I read about reports and stuff. But uh, the red certainly isn't unusual at all um i i don't you know again the the length of the hair we we generally hear about hair lengths um being long on the head and and like on the top of the head and draping down like you know almost like a rock star haircut and then uh 6 6 inch 8 inch long hair on the arms mm-hmm. so that's not uh too unusual over here so just as a comparison
3: yeah, and I think um, people generally report that the hair on the arms to be a little bit longer than, say, on the chest yes. or on the back. Um, but yeah, I, most of the time it's somewhere between two inches and four or five, six inches long maximum. But wow. to have it really long and flowy, um, yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a Fabio in every community, doesn't it? There? <laughs> there's
1: one one egotist out there for sure. I would be doing more field research
3: with the boys, but they're they're so far away that it's um it'd take me a week to drive there anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well if you ever make it stateside, you know, we'll we'll definitely show you around up here because you. yeah, we've there's that'd a, be
3: awesome. <laughs> that, there's a
1: that, I mean I would love to. We're in the north of Idaho here and, and of course this is a this is a pretty good area for it. From here all the way well, I don't know. Is it all the way over to the coast, Don? Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, reports, yeah. and and we're bumping right into British Columbia right. on the north side. So between us and Washington huh. State, I mean, they're just they're, they're they're and actually we checked out a a, a structure that uh, Don had come and come uh, became aware of, and it was pretty imp- pretty impressive. I'll it send nice. you the pictures. Uh, you can check it. Yeah, out. Yeah, that'd be good. But yeah, I mean, there's the, it, there's uh, it, it is the needle in the haystack, though, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, and the and the and the, you know, the, this incredible thermal camera footage that the boys managed to capture a few weeks ago was, that's that's months of planning, yeah. hard work, going back to the same place every weekend or or regularly, to, you know, familiarise themselves with the area, but maybe also to fam- to familiar, fam- familiarise the the local group of Yowies with them. Yeah, it's it's it, if you were to just happen to walk into a place that's supposed to have lots of yowies and manage to see one, that would be a fluke, and you've got more chance of being hit by lightning. Um, <laughs> yeah. True, Clearly. Not that I'd wish that on you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so 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 that's exactly right. You it, you, you choose a, a, a research area, uh, and it's it's repetitive work, and most of the time nothing happens. Right. Most of the time, nothing happens. So you have to be very patient as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's that way for all of the paranormal and in, in fact I, I like to call researching any of this stuff like trying to catch catch lightning in a bottle. I mean it's just the right place, yes. right time. It's you know, and you could be you could be just seconds away and, and never have it, or or just boom, all of a sudden it happens. How how has your Opinion evolved uh, regarding the Australian Yowie since you started.
3: That's a good question. Mm. I, I think when I first started, I actually had more. I had I had looked into Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the American version, more than I had really looked into the the Australian version. <laughs> uh, so my idea was kind of simplistic, and and from what I gathered. I thought that there was this giant, hairy Chewbacca-like creature wandering around the countryside uh, in the bush. Um, what I've come to understand, though, that, that it's way more complex and nuanced than that. Um, there's 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 way stranger things going out there than just some hairy, undiscovered ape-like creature walking around on two legs in in, in the bush. Um, what I've also and I've mentioned I mentioned this before, but what I've also discovered is that the people who the people who've had sightings are so genuinely traumatized and so clearly affected. You, you can hear the residual fear. You can hear the the shakes in their voice, even if they're telling it to you years later. Um, so, it, it I guess what I've learned is that there's way more magic in it than I realized. I know that sounds a bit woo-woo but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's 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 a lot more to it and i had always envisaged this creature that might dwell in deep in the forest somewhere and that's not actually the case either we get reports from areas around me and i live in a i live in a country country area but that we don't have the the lush temperate rainforest that that, that that Queensland does, for example, where Dean Harrison and and the rest of the team live, Uh very different landscape. Down here, it's pretty, it's old goldfields area, Um, not a lot of topsoil left. The whole place was dug up after the gold rush in the 1850s, 60s. Um, But we get reports still even around here in my local area. So they're not, they don't have to be in the deepest, darkest depths of the rainforest. Uh They're, They're actually in... Even in areas where there's not a lot of forest, there's cleared farmland around. Um, that I found, really, I found really
1: fascinating. That is really fascinating. And, and that's the, one of the things that I've taken away uh, in my journey learning about this is that I'm pretty sure that they are by far the most adaptable being on the face of the earth. And, and some people say, well, human beings are too. But no, we just create our comfort everywhere. We create what's comfortable to us anywhere, but that doesn't make us adaptable. That just makes us able to, you know, uh, change the terms of the environment. But these these things are, are, are found in mountains. They're found in swamps. They're found in forests. They're found, you know, in just some of the strangest places. But they don't seem to be just surviving. They seem to be thriving. Mm-hmm. I think that's just, and, and, and there seems to be more and more reports coming up. Um, that was my next question.
3: And from, <laughs> sorry, go on. <laughs> that was actually my it. next sorry.
1: question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was curious, what do you account for uh, the fact that there is, and it seems to be more and more, do you think that it's uh, a growth in population or do you think that it's a matter of, of our expansion that we're bumping into them more or. Do you think that just more people are willing to talk about it?
3: Definitely, more people are more willing to talk about it. Um, part of the reason why, wh- one of the things I realised why that was important about doing my show and about doing the research with Australian Yowie Research is destigmatizing the whole subject and getting people to mm-hmm. getting people to talk about it. You don't have to be a crazy person who's who's psychotic and having psychotic episodes to to see these creatures you know um and a lot of people they're so afraid of being ridiculed which is a a real genuine fear it's what it happens to the vast majority of people who who have these encounters they tell their friends and family and and you know they get laughed at and and sneered at and mocked and um so i think that the more and more people are willing to talk about it because there's more and more people like you guys and like Dean and I and and the research team talking about the subject and making it a bit safer for yes. creating safer creating safer spaces for people to share their their experiences. Um, but it's also it's got to do. There has to be that impact between human encroachment into into their territory. There has to be. You know, because human beings do that—we we, we chop down forests and we rape and pillage the, the landscape—and we do, we're still doing that on a, on a massive scale all over the world. So, mm-hmm. I would say also part of the reason why we're getting more reports is, is we're encroaching into their territory now. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I think, and we're... maybe
3: as a result of the bushfires as well, we had massive oh, fires. Um, that's right last, uh, a couple of, two years ago on New Year's Eve um, over the summer and uh, there was quite a lot of discussion in, in forums, Yowie forums about what what what's happened because a lot of it was mountainous areas that were known habitats for, for these creatures. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about where did they go? Right. Like, where, where are they now?
1: I I know that certainly the landscape has changed as far as discussing these things, and the the common denominator that I hear oftentimes when I have spoken to to witnesses and and I talked to uh, we had this one gentleman on his he went by the name of Bullbuck. he got through his story and he said, you know, this is the first time I've talked about it, and and I just feel so good, and, and it's just these cathartic moments that that we get to be a part of, and and I'm sure this is the case for you, just. Like they, some people have carried these stories for you know twenty, thirty years, and never spoken to a soul just because of the ramifications of that. But the landscape is changing, and I think people are at least finally willing to uh, entertain the idea, if not outright believe it.
3: Yeah. Although I think mainstream media still needs still needs a bit of help to, and <laughs> a, a bit of encouragement, to, yeah. <laughs> because I told, I mentioned to you that this incredible thermal. Uh, camera footage that the boys captured recently of two yeah is unmistakable. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can you can see clearly I don't know whether you've seen it, but uh, they've they've been interviewed on all the national morning television shows, and there's mm, people from various different radio stations contacting them. But the, the television ones, though, are so snide and this is in my opinion, but I just they don 't take it seriously right. they don 't take your research seriously they don 't really understand that we take this very seriously we take the research deadly seriously yeah um, it 's not a joke <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it 's not something to mock people. This is part of the reason why people don 't come forward and sh- and share their experiences is because you, you, the, the general mainstream belief is that this is all a myth and it 's all you know, bullshit. It it's, it's not true, and it's yeah. people who believe that stuff are delusional. When we know that that's not the case, right? right. We oh. know that's not the case, but yeah, the media still aren't aren't treating the subject with the respect it deserves.
1: I think. I agree, because even in the States here, you know, you get the, the anchor sitting at the desk, and next we're going to go over to Becky, who's going to talk to uh, Farmer <laughs> Phil about something he saw in the fields, <laughs> you know, and see that, that same smirking dismissal of, oh, how ridiculous is this, but prepare to be entertained. You know, it's just, it's, it's yeah, yeah. condescending it. as hell. The amount
3: of hours that I've put into not just preparing for that expedition and getting the footage, but... um. Uh, afterwards, because they knew that once they published that, they were going to be mm, hammered by the skeptics, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and they have been. I mean, the, sure. the mainstream media skeptics, and also what what is disappointing is other other researchers who sure. who've just been really dis- disparaging and and. Uh, you know, it's like where's the support team? Aren't we all? are we all in it for the same reason, which is to research this incredible mystery, uh, find out more about it? But no, there's a, there's a lot of competition, exactly like I, I guess there is in the states. Oh
1: yeah, um, yeah. I was, I was actually, a lot of egos. Yes, it's like if you put out something, you've just chummed the waters, and you know, and then all the sharks show up, and it's like, my god, and and. And it's unfortunate because there's been – there is and exists some incredible footage that I have seen personally but that people will not release for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I've seen images uh, – I was talking with another host just uh, uh, this last week and she shared some stuff with me personally uh, off, <laughs> off the air of uh, images that were captured on trail cam. And they are phenomenal but the person will Triangle. not will not let them out. Yeah, it was a daytime shot, though. That's what's interesting. But when you when you see it and you see the scale uh, of this creature, it's just no way it was a person. It's just so broad and so big, and the stride length was so incredible uh, of this of the shot. It was just like I saw it. And I I tend to be skeptical of those kind of things because, of course, there's so many bad examples of that out there. Uh, of people trying to you know pull fast ones, but this one was clearly legitimate, but the person that took it will not release it mm-hmm. and and i I can respect that because once you do you 're inviting yourself into a gauntlet uh, and a feeding frenzy for people to attack you and it 's really unfortunate that there 's so many egos involved in this because if if people were cooperatively, we could certainly leap much further ahead and in research efforts, and in you know comparing notes and, and figuring out what works and what doesn't.
3: Exactly, and if
1: we you know cooperate with each
3: other and uh, have a, create a create a positive vibe rather than a competitive vibe, which is just not that's the antithesis of whatever I want to be involved in. It's not competition; it's it's uh, it's teamwork, and yeah. and and it's 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 not about us; it's about this subject. And about these people who've experienced it,
1: well, they've really thrown themselves yeah. into it, and they and they do uh, an amazing job. I mean, uh, I've followed several of the videos that they've posted, just of them going out, and and the to see the effort that they go into when they do hit the bush, and and you know, I mean, it, it's you got to be part mountain goat to go to these places. These these guys are going. I mean, I'm really truly impressed. Absolutely.
3: Um, I mean, the, the, what's one of Gary's nicknames? Is the mountain goat? But because uh, <laughs> he's yeah, he's so fit. But yeah. they, they. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty fit. I don't know if I'd be able to keep up with them uh, 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 because I don't live anywhere near them. I don't get to go out with them on expeditions. But the the the, the hiking, carrying heavy stuff mm-hmm. with snakes, with scorpions, with ticks, with leeches, with <laughs> just the just the leeches would. It's like okay, I'll just stay. Home. I'll just stay here and interview people. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I could go, but Gary, Gary, Gary'd, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Gary'd have to pull me in a wagon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I joke with um, one of my friends, Jasmine Winter, who's a, a psychic intuitive. I've mentioned her to you a yes. while ago, but yep. uh, we joke because she's she she senses them when they're around. She senses wow. yowies. Um, and I said, dude, we, we, we need to go on an expedition, but how about let's stay at the car. <laughs> we'll open a bottle of wine. <laughs> we'll send the boys out with the cameras and we'll sit at the car. How's that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like you're pretty hardcore, Sarah.
3: <laughs> I'm super hardcore. Field researcher, super hardcore. <laughs> they like call me Sarah Bear Grills.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's a great idea. But you know what? I think what is interesting, though, is that a lot of sightings seem to be coming uh, mostly from roads, like people mm-hmm. seeing them cross roads or or standing next to a road or or going after some roadkill or something. And I I really firmly believe that probably the next Patterson Gimlin film will come from somebody's dash cam. Like that's probably gonna be the the next best piece of video evidence is probably going to be from somebody just having a dash cam and just happen to catch it.
3: Totally agree with you. Uh, now that and now that uh, their dash cams are affordable, most people can afford one. More and more people are getting them. Uh, I I I think that's that's probably likely. Majority of the sighting reports that we get are roadside sightings. So mm-hmm. if if just one of those people <laughs> in the future has a camera, has yeah. a dash cam that's just running, yeah, we're bound to get something. Or you know what happens if all the had someone who. Got, bought a dash cam to drive through the Pilliga, which is that area I told you, which is about 3,000 square kilometres of bushland. Right. It's really really strange vibes, mm-hmm. uh, lots of Yowie reports, UFOs, ghosts. He bought a dash cam, starts driving through this, there's a main highway that goes through this, right through the middle of this national park, mm-hmm. and uh, all his dash cams stopped working. Um, all, oh, the no. stuff, oh, all the electronic oh, stuff. All the electronic stuff, in his car stops oh, working. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and he's like, mm. and it's <laughs> raining, and he thinks, oh shit, what if I get bogged? Um, and and then the camera malfunctions, and he's like, right now, I'm out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's too
3: well, scary. Yeah,
1: <laughs> pro- probably a good call on his part because that's. When when all that stuff and that's funny how much that comes up in uh in reports even from field researchers that are out there with their equipment the cameras will quit working and and then something amazing will happen and it, and it kind of you know some people might dismiss it and go oh yeah that's kind of convenient but w- what if it's not what if I mean what if it's really something electromagnetic that's happening with their presence I mean it, it stands to reason it comes up with uh, UFO reports all of the time and even in even in uh, spirit. Uh, research for you know ghost hunting and such they talk about you know emf and and that being an indicator of their presence so um thank you so much for joining us sarah it's been an absolute pleasure uh, i'm just had a ball
3: uh right back at you it's been fantastic i'd love to come back and uh really really love chatting to both of you awesome.
1: all right sounds good Uh, Don, anything in closing?
4: Uh, No, thank you, Sarah. It's nice to get to speak with you, and there we go. Have a great day.
3: (laughs) That was yours truly with the hilarious Brent Thomas and Don Longbeard of Paranormal Portal. Check out their shows if you haven't already. They're amazing, absolutely fascinating shows. If you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or you've had a scary UFO experience or any other weird stuff, get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Looks like we're out of time for this week. Yowie Central will be back next week. Same time, same place on 94.9 Main FM. Catch you next week. Stay safe.
2: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Can't see under the darkness behind the tree Spine